Hey, everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 502 being recorded on June 6th, 2018. I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Ken Addison. Uh, it is the week of Computex. Yay. You know, I used to say during this week, and usually I'm over in Taiwan, blah, 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 but I actually haven't gone. And I think this is my fifth year, maybe. No, seventh year. No. 2011 was the last time you went. No. It's the only time I went. We've, we have this discussion every year. Yeah, and you're wrong every time. <laughs> I'm sure I've gone nope. since then. 2011. It hasn't been seven years. Nope. I'll check my passport later. You got a new mm-hmm. passport since then. I still have the old passport. It has a hole through it. Didn't ritually burn it? No, mm-hmm. no. You know, no, selling it as a memento. It's going in the Shroud Museum at some point, <laughs> I believe. The Presidential uh, Museum? Uh, yes. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, Computex is the uh, Taipei-based hardware show, computer show, <laughs> that is more consumer-centric than most, right? And it's more component-centric than most. You know, it used to be when you go to CES in Vegas, you'd see cases and stuff like that. And yeah. now you don't. And that's fine. <laughs> but Computex is still that. Inwin is still there. Silverstone is still it's there. Almost All like that's where the majority there. of the companies are based. Yeah, it's weird. It's very convenient for them. It's very convenient. Um, it so doesn't we're... cost much to ship uh, cases across town as compared to Las Vegas. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And plus, yeah. it's and not people. Las Vegas. Yeah, and people, and they can they don't have to get hotels for them in Las Vegas, and yeah. Um, so we've got a lot to get through. So we'll we'll jump through that. Um, some of it will be quick. We'll do point you to the websites for more information, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, as we go. Uh, but let's first start with hey, we're live at pcpro.com slash live, and if you want to join us, you can do so Wednesday nights. I'd like to join you. You can join me and Josh. I'd prefer you be a little bit earlier than Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. I'll try to do my best. You know, Frontier flies direct Denver to Cincinnati. Mm, yeah, no, I heard they just canceled that flight tonight. Mm, yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm, uh, mm, I better turn put on some glasses that are not so shiny <laughs> so I can see you better, so I can hear you better. What is this thing? What? Who is this? Wait, go I, back I to that. Know. Who was that guy? That's weird. <laughs> Always Superman? Look, people I, always look like they have uh, smaller eyes when they take their glasses I off. I feel aroused. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, put it back on. Put it back on. <laughs> I, I, can't, if, uh, I can't see what's going on. If you want to hang out in our chat room and talk with us and, I don't know, do the things that people do in the chat room, you can go to pcper.com slash live at those times. And if you need a little reminder, you can go to pcper.com slash subscribe, which is this page here that asks your name and your email address. And all we do is send you an email, you know, an hour, two hours before we do a live stream. Uh, I have just started the, let's see, I'm past the beginning stages because we have approvals. Now we're into the scheduling phases of two additional live streams, non-podcast related. Two additional live streams uh, that will have people coming here to visit us, tell us about their stuff, to tell you about their stuff, and give away hardware at the same time. So that's always important. I, so I can tell you about my stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It may not be the stuff that you want to hear about. You have to but come out to Cincinnati and tell me. And I'll, then you have to give it away. <laughs> kind of crazy because <laughs> yeah. I got this cream for it, and uh, I'll tell you later. Okay. All right. Pick Great. I can't wait for that live stream. Uh, yeah. So go to that page and do that thing. We still have our Patreon campaign running. That is at patreon.com slash pcper. This is uh, where you can go to uh, – it's not exactly donate, but contribute to what we do on a regular recurring monthly basis. It could be a dollar a month or three or 10 or 20. Uh, 
And we greatly appreciate all that. This is, you know, if you, if you like the content we create, you think the podcast we do is interesting, uh, the mailbags are good, uh, anything like that. If you run an ad blocker and you want to just make sure that we're still around in a, in a month from now to do another episode of this show and, and all that, uh, we greatly appreciate it. And as is always the case, anybody who becomes a new patron during the show, I will read out your name and thank you. So thank you. And we have one now. <laughs> we have a new pledge of nine ninety nine from. Isn't it incredible? Nine ninety nine. Thank you. So, isn't it incredible? Definitely gets the Computex time frame that we're in here. So yeah. great. Uh, speaking of mailbags, if you want to check out the mailbag that the Patreon enables, you can see last week's episode with Josh himself. Uh, the episode title is "Stimulants Needed Edition," and I uh, didn't. Uh, I, I didn't want to know, so I didn't, I didn't watch it. Josh, was it good? Was it great? Oh, no, it was, it was awful. I mean, look at the, the state of my office. I mean, look at the state of your my office now. Can, a grenade can we there? switch back to the live shot, please? And it actually please. cleaned it up. All right, now switch back to the video and then the live shot. Wow. It's <laughs> worse. The Somehow. keyboard's disappeared. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, not sure what you were trying my to say. My wife does you. amazing things with her desk. Yeah, it's hard to discuss the her. issue mm-hmm. here, not, not the ripper, rest of the background. It's not those ripper boxes I've been there have at least 18 months. They have at least an inch and a half of dust on them by now. Yeah. No, I, I do dust now and then. You dust the boxes? <laughs> yes, because the boxes. that is where dust accumulates. Do you move the boxes or you just dust over them? No, because I, you know, Ripper XX is, is it's, it's. It's an ongoing, uh, you know, advertisement for these mouse pads. You've been getting paid all this time, and damn it, what I'm the angry shit? Uh, we still have yeah. our merch store at joshtech.com. That's J O S H T E K K dot com. Uh, you can buy Death Wish Raid, Hot Dog Down a Hallway, Super Pipe. Uh, you could get this PC Per logo t shirt, the same shirt I'm wearing today, mind you, which I've worn this a few times here, yeah. right? And my wife looks at me at dinner tonight and goes, is that a new shirt? No. No, it is, is not. Is it comfortable? <laughs> yes, it is very comfortable. Is, is it how good quality? I am. Whoa. How, yeah. How is the stitching? I, I, remember, I think I got the medium one. I think I got the premium tee. There's, no, I got the Hanes tagless, right? And I, I, am a, I'm a, I prefer thicker T-shirts. Yeah. You mm-hmm. can prefer like the thinner, softer stuff. I like sandpaper-ish. This is not a sandpaper-ish type shirt. Rubs but I on like, your nipples. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. That's 50 bucks, by the way, for anyone who wants it. <laughs> for the sandpaper. <laughs> That's extra. For the sandpaper. Uh, and also, don't forget, we do have the Josh Tech accessories, like the Josh Tech mug uh, that I believe you're drinking out of currently, right? No, I'm, I've no. got a... Alex. Alex's. You can oh, have Josh, okay. Josh Walrus. <laughs> Uh, with his racing wheel, and you can get a T-shirt of that. You can get a poster of that. It's all very exciting. And uh, proceeds go there. And if you go now, delivery before Father's Day with rush shipping. So Ooh. you get at least 10 extra FPS in your racing games if you're wearing this T-shirt. At least. Yeah, at, at least. least. Yeah, agreed. So check that out. Then again, that's Josh Tech, J-O-S-H-T-E-K-K. JoshTech.com. K-K. All right. Uh, oh, before we get into the reviews, we do have another uh, new patron from Christopher Williams for a dollar. Thank you very much, Christopher Williams. We welcome any and all who help us out greatly. Appreciate it. All right. So we've got some reviews here. Uh, the DXPS 15 2-in-1 Logitech G Pro. I'm going to be very 
We're going to be succinct here because the real focus of this week is Computex. Yeah. Apologies to the XPS 15 2 and one and the Logitech G Pro, but the reviews are on the website with a lot of words and graphs and stuff anyway uh, for, for exactly this occasion. Um, so the XPS 15-inch 2-in-1 is a Cabby Lake G machine that Ken reviewed. Um, one of two notebooks with Cabby Lake G. It has this chip in it. This is the CPU. This is the GPU. This is the HBM2 memory. So informative. Thank you. So um, the XPS 15 is a machine that's been around for a while, but this is the first iteration of it as a 2-in-1, right? Yeah, so we saw Dell introduce the XPS 13 2 one a year and a half, two years ago maybe at this point. Yeah. So they've kind of been branching out the XPS line to add these additional 2 in one SKUs, and this is the first sort of take on the larger size. Okay. Spec-wise, we're looking at Cabby Lake G uh, from all the way down to 1299 up to 2199 Only the top SKU gets the 4K screen, um, but the top two get the Core i7-8705G versus the Core i5-8305G. What's the difference between those two processors? It's it's GPU core count, right? Uh, CPU no, count. they both have the GL graphics. It's, oh, it, it's on okay. the CPU side. I think it's uh, frequency on the CPU side. Okay. Oh, yeah, I see that. They both have the Vega M GL graphics, 4 yeah. gigs of memory, 8 versus 16 gigs. So there's, a, there's tons of different configurations here. Um, it's got that Infinity Edge display, which is great, except for the camera placement still. Yeah, it's better now that it's in the middle. It act, it's a Windows Hello camera, and it, it works decently well for Hello. There's still the fingerprint sensor embedded in the uh, sort of power button of the laptop, which is kind of the preferred way to use Hello on these new XPS machines because, again, with that middle-bottom webcam, you still don't always get you don't always get the right place when you're opening up the laptop, even for face let login. Me, let me ask you guys a question unrelated to this specific product. How many... Do you see a lot of people with things over their cameras on their laptops? Yeah. I see a ton of people. Every even, day. Even people who work at these companies. Say I was visiting a, <laughs> a, 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 a laptop manufacturer recently and I was at some, some meetings with them. And a surprisingly high percentage of their own employees had stickers or labels. They weren't using like cheap post-it notes or something yeah. like that. But they I had like the slide something ones. over. Yeah. The, people give those away as like... Chachki gifts yeah. now, yeah. Anyway, I just thought, I thought that was interesting. Um, obviously, defeats the purpose of Windows Hello Camera if you keep your cameras <laughs> yeah. covered the whole time. Uh, and it has a new keyboard as well. Yeah, it's what they're calling their Maglev keyboard design. It's using butterfly switches. This is pretty analogous to what Apple did with the modern MacBooks, uh, the 12-inch MacBook and the MacBook Pro. It's sort of a – it's a design where all – Every corner of the keycap moves and can actuate the button, essentially. So okay. You don't have to press down in the center like you do on most chiclet-style keyboards. You can kind of activate the key anywhere. It has an even activation and is very thin, which is a sort of key thing in this notebook is the short Z-height. Yeah. So they could keep some of the thickness down on the laptop. Yeah, they claim that because of the, the thermals of the design, they needed to make the keyboard thinner. The maglev came up as part of that. It's, as the name implies, it's using magnetic levitation to – that's what pushes the key back up yeah. after you depress it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so well, and if you fold the machine around, I think the keys retract. Yes, so the magnets can yeah, yeah they, they basically reverse their polarity or whatever you know like Ooh, like like Star Wars like my dilithium just like Star Wars phasers and stuff yeah yeah so there's nothing I like yeah. better than putting magnets right close to electronic devices they're very tiny magnets 
Uh, probably, they're they're probably pretty tiny electronics. About, they probably didn't think about that during design and qualification <laughs> yeah, at all. Yeah, probably not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably not at all. They just stuck that keyboard what in did you, at the last minute. What did you think minute. about using the keyboard? I'm not a big fan of the keyboard. It has sort of a similar feel to the modern MacBook keyboards, like I said, which people generally aren't a fan of. Yeah. I, I think this has a little less tactility than those do even. It's not great. Right. For the XPS line, which has had great keyboards, and the XPS 13 2 and one kept the same great keyboard of the XPS 13, it's kind of disappointing to see compromise on the keyboard here. Yeah, It's something you could get used to, but They trumpet it up as technological innovation, which I'm sure it is, but it's like you're still kind of regressing the keyboard, yeah. you know, and this was their attempt to make up for it. Trackpad was pretty good, though. Yeah, same sort of Windows Precision-enabled yeah. trackpad we see on all the XPS lineup. It's a great option. It's got a... a, a Magnetic stylus option there. Connectivity, you've got, what, Thunderbolt, USB Type-A, micro SD. And a standard headphone jack. It's yep. two Thunderbolt 3 ports and then two USB 3.1 Gen 2 ports. Okay. Comes with the, the HDMI adapter, right? Uh, not HDMI. Oh, USB oh, Type-C to Type-A. To type a. That's, I, nice, that's one thing that Dell has continued to do and is amazing. They should absolutely continue to do for the rest of time. <laughs> I love how they always call the it a monitor port. Really? Yes, almost uh, always. Great. It'll uh, even have like a little picture of monitor on it so yeah. you can put your dock there. Yeah. It does have a pretty big power adapter, 130 watts, which, you know, stands out in the XPS line, but that is because of its, you know, heavy like G, yeah, 100 you, you watt absolutely need type to hit, system design. Hit, hit the power draw of that power adapter. It seems larger than a lot of sort of similar power adapters, like the Surface yeah. Book 2 brick was a similar power and smaller. It, it, it takes up a lot of space in your bag. I know you spent some of the time with this laptop. And yeah. It's it's big. it's a bit cumbersome. It's big and and it's it's the XPS fifteen two and one is not particularly light. No, it's not. It's right? not it's a pretty thin dense. and light two and one. Uh, give me the standout on performance CPU one and the GPU second. So CPU wise, it actually is interestingly enough fairly even with the XPS thirteen ninety three seventy with the eighth gen quad core hyper threaded eighty five fifty U in it. So right. the fifteen watt part is kind of more where CPU performance lies. Uh, except if you look at sort of sustained performance. Right. This is here you're looking at CPU frequency. Yeah. So you can see there's just a pattern to the clock speed. It's like the, like it'll clock out for a little bit and it knows its fan curve. So it will sort of, de- we're looking at a chart of CPU frequency scaling here. So it's like kind of has this sawtooth wave mm-hmm. pattern of clocking up and clocking down. It's not exactly a smooth, uh, transition and the power does the same yeah the power delivery to the cpu follows the same pattern so it's like the thermal solution definitely can't handle the cpu at full tilt at high frequencies for an extended period of time so you're saying that if you can't handle the heat at its best you can't you don't deserve it at its worst you you don't deserve this laptop at its worst yeah (laughs) you're bad at meme (laughs) Bad. Like, like Gaming wise, where did it look, or how uh, did it look? So we did two comparisons here. We did it compared to uh, some notebooks, namely the Surface Book Two with the GTX 1050. We took that took a look at a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and the HS Swift Three with the HN 15 watt part and the MX 150. And the performance is nearly identical to the 1050 in the Surface Book Two. Yeah. essentially, like yeah, that's I the mean, gray bar and the orange bar, and neck and neck. It comes ahead in a couple of scenarios, like you see Dirt Rally there and, and Far Cry, which Far Cry kind of makes sense for an AMD GPU. It's a more optimized game for AMD GPUs. But so I think GTX 1050 <laughs> level performance, okay. which is 
pretty damn good in a laptop of this form yeah. factor. And then just out of curiosity's sake, we took it, took a look at it compared to the Hades Canyon Nook, the other Cabby Lake G machine we've looked at. Now that is a processor that has it's running at 100 watt TDP. The graphics have more shaders. It's not exactly a equivalent. That's more of a desktop right. scenario and, and a Nook. But I mean, it tends to hold its own. We were playing at 1080p in the highest graphical settings in this test, and you can you can eke out 30 frames a second if you turn down some settings. You could do 1080p gaming, modern AAA titles at we'll say 45 plus frames per second mm-hmm. with pretty good image quality settings. Battery life not great. Pretty pretty damn disappointing. Yeah, it didn't crack six hours, and it's got a it's got a really large battery. It's got a 75 watt hour battery in it. Mm. Yeah, that is disappointing. Pricing wise, it's 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 still pretty expensive, right? Yeah, we had the highest end configuration, and they even upgraded it to a 512 gigabyte SSD, so it was twenty three fifty right. at the time of review. Uh, interestingly enough, compare it to the new XPS fifteen that they just are releasing now, like the normal clamshell non two in one design. Yeah. yeah, with the six core processors and a GTX ten fifty Ti and a ninety seven watt hour battery. <laughs> It's about twenty one hundred bucks for a similar config. So you have to really want the two in one to, for this laptop yeah. to make sense, and yeah. for some people that will certainly make sense. We haven't had our hands on the new XPS fifteen, the ninety five seventy. There have been some reports, maybe some thermal issues with that one. So uh, mm. I would definitely check out some reviews there. and yeah. wait for us to take a look at it before necessarily jumping into that. But right. it's an interesting machine. Hope we see more of this stuff from Intel. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And we'll see more from Dell shortly as well. Yeah. Uh, so if you want more detail on that one, check out the review. Like I said, it's on the website. It's where we put the reviews. Um, <clears throat> Christopher did a review of the Logitech G Pro gaming headset. I'm going to have you go read this one. This is um, it is an analog headset that has an exceptionally good mic. It uses the same drivers as the G933. Um, which are obviously very good. Now they've kind of been brought down to even lower price points, less frills, no, you know, not a gluttony of buttons or RGBs throughout everything. It's eighty nine dollars. Yeah, um, and it's got a sweet mic. It does. Yes, the microphone actually is, according to Chris, one of the best headset mics available, and it's removable. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So I did get a gold award from Chris. Like I said, check out that review. It's an actually a, a, a pretty impressive headset for the for the cost. It is wired. It's not like some of these wireless fancy yeah, all, those, all the capabilities there. Bucks. Um, That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, and then also, I posted. This is kind of in Computex news. Qualcomm announced the Snapdragon 850, the mobile compute platform, is what they're calling it. So this is not a um, mobile platform. It's mobile compute, which basically means that this is uh, uh, targeted their Windows department now i will i will gladly tell you that this is in in actuality as we look at or is this one uh this one here if you look at the specs you know all qualcomm is doing is comparing the 850 to 835 makes sense the 835 was what's shipping and they're always connected pcs Mm -hmm. now however the 845 and the 850 are basically the same part except the 850 is running a slightly higher clock speed like uh 195 megahertz or something like that almost 200 megahertz faster um Makes so, sense considering that bigger form factor, yeah. the additional thermal dissipation, have more thermal heat room. You can build in. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know the 
This it's actually despite the, the similarities between forty five and fifty, it's still a, an interesting performance jump, right? Uh, the CPU and the GPU are both about thirty percent faster from eight thirty five to eight fifty. Uh, battery life goes up. You're more efficient. The the, the modem on the 850 is now the 1.2 gigabit per second versus the 1 gigabit. Obviously, I think that peak speed is less important than um, you know getting better performance in low signal areas, which is the other thing that Qualcomm touts about its modems, hmm. but it's also just really, really hard to evaluate and test without extremely yeah. expensive testing equipment. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. Um, but 30% better performance, that's the primary complaint that people have about these. You know, you got app compatibility, you've got performance concerns. So 850 will actually help with that. Um, they still have acoustic and AppDex support, which I think is cool. A lot of the, uh, the 850 will have AppDex HD. So if you get some of those headphones um, that I know Sebastian has taken a look at, at least a couple of them, um, those are supported on these devices. Uh, 4K capture, 4K HDR capture. I'm not exactly sure who's going to integrate a 4K HDR front-facing camera into front-facing, world-facing, self-facing camera, or whatever. Uh, but there you have it. Support Just don't put it at the bottom of the support laptop. for AI and Windows ML. Yeah, that's true. And then they talk about the Windows, the uh, Windows 10 April update and, and improved compatibility. Released the 64-bit uh, ARM 64 SDK. 64-bit Edge browser support. So the application hmm. ecosystem is evolving at Computex. Microsoft was on stage at Qualcomm's event talking about that commitment. It's, it was after Terry Myerson left Microsoft, there were a lot of questions about what was the health of this initiative, and apparently it's, it's getting back on track. So that's, that's good. We'll have more on this pretty soon. We'll have devices, uh, I guess, by holiday of wow. this year. Did, did you mention what the TDP was on that? They don't really say what the TDP mm. is. Um, it's probably super configurable still. Yeah, my assertion is that you're looking in the 5 to 7 watt range, similar mm. to the, the Intel Y series, which is like a 7.5 watt part. Yeah, because I think you know with a lot of the ARM architectures, once you get above 10 to 15 watts, it's the performance just you – can't, you can't – clock it up anymore seriously diminishing returns yeah yeah because yeah. if you look at their clock speeds like they're hitting 2.95 gigahertz i think and it's pretty was, good on on their process that they're using on that but man 50 more megahertz guys like 50 more that's, megahertz that's, to get that's three a curious gigahertz. frequency we'll visit later in the show i think for a snapdragon part is it yeah oh okay all right yeah oh well, well. So uh, check that out. Like I said, 850. It'll be coming soon, uh, and Qualcomm will have uh, you know a few more months before they they dive more into the devices using this. So pay attention. All right, now we're getting into the Computex news itself. If you followed the show, la- well, we didn't talk about it last week. This all happened in the span of a week. That yeah. I think yeah. that mm-hmm. we had written about. Well, it. we talked about rumors of this. Did I think we, we mentioned okay. it last week as well. Yeah, well, the Core i7-8086K is official now. It's only been rumored for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It is a six, It's a Coffee Lake part, 6-core, 12-thread. Mm-hmm. It's essentially an over... It's a higher-clocked Core i7-8700K. It's running at uh, 4 gigahertz base and 5 gigahertz turbo. They're those nice even numbers we were referring to. Yeah. As opposed to 3.7 and 4.7. So it's 300 megahertz faster base, 300 megahertz faster turbo. That's that's not insignificant. Um, it's still, you know... Almost same, a horsepower. Yeah. <laughs> same Jeez. cache, same memory support, PCIe, TDP. Um, 
Look at those PCIe lanes. They're overwhelming. Overwhelming <laughs> 16 <laughs> lanes. Uh, there is no official pricing yet, I guess. It's supposed yeah. to go on sale Friday, I believe. I know. They're starting the giveaway tomorrow. I don't okay. know when it's supposed to go on yeah, sale. Yeah, five o'clock. They're giving away 50,000 of these processors in celebration. No, 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 no they're not they're giving away 50,000. They're oh, giving away 8,086 of them. Oh, right. They're making 50,000. There's 50,000 mm-hmm. available. Got it. Yeah, so this is going to be extremely difficult to ever find. The, 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 the sweepstakes page lists $425 as the value of the prize. That's probably it. It's probably right. Like the 8700K <laughs> is what? 350? Yeah. 360? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So unless Newegg gets a hair up their ass and decides to mark this one up or something. Yeah. As far as I can tell, they're not sampling media for reviews. Maybe if you were in Taipei and you were shaking the right hands, you could steal a box with one in it or something. But... Uh, as long as you take a cute picture of it with some really cool glasses on. Look, nobody <laughs> takes cuter pictures of processors than me. Right. Three to seven times better. Your mm-hmm. white balance is really. <laughs> well, I don't have a choice but to be so white, white in my pictures. So. <laughs> um, so we'll probably be buying one to see uh, what it does. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I'm not surprised that it's a limited edition, but I'm a little disappointed in that. 50,000 uh, units. 50,000 units is, is a pretty low amount. Yeah. It's it, almost like the bidding of the 8700K. We now get an insight into. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we, we were debating using this processor on a new GPU test bed, but when we, once we found out it was going to be a limited edition, we were like, nah, we don't want something that we can't replace or other, other people yeah. won't be able to easily buy to replicate results. So uh, anybody have any comments? Is anybody disappointed that this isn't an eight core part like the magical eight core part that had been rumored there, for a little bit there is no magical eight core part just get a 2700 x and be happy well that, that requires a, a different motherboard that would be a ryzen 7 yeah 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 so is, but hey that motherboard will last you it sure <laughs> will yeah. is there any expectation that we'll see a non-limited edition bending of this part after this is done oh, the 8700k um I doubt it because I, I think the lifespan of this platform, this chip, is going to be l- low, right? Um, and, and yeah, I don't know. I, I, what was the video? It, you Intel were just is watching? in a strange place right now. We could go on pretty much ad nauseum about that, but but uh, yeah, Coffee Lake is going to last what about a year? Less than I, a year. I mean, from now or t- in total? From now. No, I don't think it. Didn't I don't they think talk it goes in their keynote about new uh, U series plus plus a new S series by the end of the year? Is yeah, what so they said. That, I mean, oh, okay. it's not so, going to last yeah. that long. So anyway, eighty eighty six. It goes on sale this week. As you're listening to this, it's either Thursday or Friday. And there's a sweepstakes to win uh, one of eight thousand and eighty six of them. Let's just enter that, and then maybe not. Maybe don't buy one. If you uh, go to pcper.com, find the page. You'll have the the link. Like so if I that. win, what would you give me for it? Zero dollars. I'd probably sell it to you for that. Cause, yeah. You yeah. Sure? Uh, also at Intel's event at Computex, they had um, easily the most talked about <laughs> demonstration <laughs> at the event. The, the most uh, chilling de- demonstration of the week. <laughs> so... Um, you I, know, I could mow my lawn with the cooler that they supplied with that. Yeah. That would be difficult. A one horsepower motor, I believe, is what he's referring to. Yeah. But, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So it, I had been hearing rumblings that that Intel thought AMD was going to do a high core, higher core count part demo, and AMD thought Intel was going to do one. And so there was this there was this debate internally about whether or not they were going to show stuff. Yeah. So Intel's press conference was first. So they decided to jump whole whole hog in this right and go with a 28 core processor running at five gigahertz on all cores, and they talked about it as the new. They talk about it specifically as the new X series or as the new like in, like high end enthusiast part. I mean, the screenshot here is of a twenty eight core with a gamer headset on, right? That's so such I, a gamer. It's he's winning. He's look at how much winning, winning he's, he's doing. Winning, yes, so um, much winning. So twenty eight core processor running at five gigahertz all cores. That's an extremely impressive feat. The benchmark results they got um, uh, was let's see seventy three hundred and thirty four. On Cinebench R15, that is 2.19x faster than the 18-core Core i9-7980XE that, you know, at stock settings, right? So you had 10 more cores plus much higher clock speeds getting you more, like, 2.2x faster, right? Yeah. Very impressive. Uh, and I think myself and a lot of other people looked at this and went, wow. The next generation of the X series is going to be amazing. It's going to be kick ass. Really expensive. There's, there's there's like that huh? That's weird. You don't usually have that sort of jump in yeah. performance anymore. So as it turns out, <laughs> AMD or uh, Intel was actually uh, able to do this courtesy of a one horsepower water chiller using like air conditioning refrigerant, dropping the temperature to four degrees Celsius. In order to run this demo, they were using um, essentially a server class two socket motherboard that had been modified to remove one of the sockets, had additional power phases applied to it. 28 um, or was 32? 32 of them, which would 30, indicate 32 power phases. Yeah. They consume how much? Uh, well, 60 of those are sacrificial. They actually died during the presentation. <laughs> I, I think if you count up the two 24-pin headers and all the 8-pin headers on the Asus board that they were showing in their booth afterwards, you got to like 2,100 watts of available CPU power delivery. Yeah. <laughs> Not that they were using that all, but the available. Now, um, what's interesting about this, for, If we, if we, so basically the demo is... It's not a product. What I would say is, it's not a product demo. It's more of a technology demo. Hey, look how fast we can overclock. This is fine if it's presented as such. It was presented more not as an overclock and more of a. Here's what we think the future of multi-core enthusiast uh, platforms yeah. look like. And so they've been. You know what they're kind of basing this off of? I. Don't it seems know. like to me. I mean, I don't know. The original Pentium Four. What was their high end that that Francois worked on, and they were able to. You know, productize in in twenty days. I don't extreme know. edition. Oh, it was ex- okay. the Pentium Four Extreme Edition, and that was such that a they, good part. They took you know they took a Xeon part based on Pentium Four, and they were able to get it to run on on desktop, and they marketed it that way. They had all these logos printed up and productized, and they sold well, and and it was it was a really good success in, in the face of Athlon sixty four, right. Yeah. And it seems like they tried to do that again, and it just didn't go very well. Yeah, I just so like because you know thirty-two phase motherboards are a dime a dozen. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, the fact that like Asus is showing off this board on the show floor, minus the CPU now that apparently Intel took them, uh, kind of shows that it's <laughs> further along in productization. Maybe they had like an ROG name attached to the board, and like it was a heavily customized server board, but it was heavily customized, and that's not exactly a cheap operation for them to do. Right, right. So. It shows. I mean, you got to do some design, and, and you yeah. know, don't get me wrong. PCB design is far easier than transistor type oh, yeah. design. You can you can spin out rev, uh, different revisions pretty quickly in PCB because it's just it's just CAD. You only have so many layers. You've got yeah. so many traces, but that's still a a significant thing because you got to retool a line to create a one or two off server yeah. board, and that's not. It's not expensive. I'm willing to bet Intel funded part of this. Got it. Willing to bet that that's probably the case. So, I mean, like, let's say this wasn't, they weren't using a chiller and it was a really high-end water cooling setup. What do you think, what frequency do you think they could have gotten to? 4 gigahertz? 4.3? That still would have been an impressive demo. Yeah. Yeah? (laughs) I, I think... Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's going through their mind in in, in this way, right? They wanted to like, show some incredibly high score. They didn't know what AMD was going to do. AMD was yeah. going to come out with thirty two core. Maybe they were going to overclock it. I don't know. Um, but like, I, I understand the five gigahertz number is like a thing, and you want to hit sure. it. But like, it would have been an impressive demo that they wouldn't have gotten all of this shit for. You still have gotten yeah. stuff about it being a. Completely overkill motherboard and all of that stuff. Also but. worth noting, it's a totally different socket. This is not something you'll be able to plug into your current X299 motherboard. Um, it's it's LGA3647. It's a Xeon scalable socket. Um, it has different memory uh, channel support yeah, it's as well. six-channel memory. Yeah. So there's a lot of other stuff. The processor, the, the closest comparable is a Xeon scalable Platinum 8180, which is a 24-core uh, 28. 28 core part yeah. that at its highest clock speeds, it sells for ten thousand dollars. That's the retail price on it. Yeah. Now, whether or not Intel sells it to you know these particular customers at that rate, whatever, that's the list price. Yeah. So whatever this is, and whenever it comes out, which they have said it would be out by the end of twenty eighteen, um, it's not going to cost ten thousand, but it's also not going to cost four hundred. <laughs> so we got to start to set these these expectations yeah. in a in an interesting way. And so th- they said Q four, right? They said by the end of by 2018, end of which means so December it, it, 29th. It would seem very unlikely that this is a this is actually a Xeon Platinum 8180, that it's a Skylake X-based part, right? You would think it would have to be the next thing, which we're kind of expecting this year, Cascade yeah, Lake. But, and, but there's not, not a lot that of that difference cha- there. It's not going to change yeah. a whole lot of stuff, but there are a lot of people saying this is literally an 8180 with an uh, unlocked multiplier. It probably isn't quite that simple. Yeah, it's probably a next generation part. Could be. But, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It could be. What is that sound I keep hearing? My computer. Oh, what's it doing? Eh, you know, alerting me and stuff. Uh, also from Intel, uh, they announced the a, an M.2 version of the Optane 905P in a twenty. 22- it's only got one notch, baby. Uh, that's right. In I the, like one the, notch. It's M.2 also, form factor. It's also quite long. It's the uh, <laughs> oh, M.2 22110, which is the 110 millimeter long iteration, which not like notebooks don't support this, right? No, I mean, maybe, and, and some, of the maybe some gaming. We, actually, the, the system that 
Intel sent us to test Optane caching yeah. doesn't support 110 millimeter. Yeah. Which, to be fair, is drives. an H series chipset. It's a lower. It's end a lower board, end non enthusiast thing. Yeah, there aren't a whole lot of boards that support 110. It's pretty rare, and you'll only usually have one M.2 slot that supports 110, and the other will go to Got only it. go to 80. The uh, Alan's not here to talk through it, so we'll, we'll bring it up more when he decides to show back up. Um, but it's a miniaturization of the same controller used on the desktop card, apparently. And if you look at this picture, like I'm looking at that picture, it's edge to picture. edge PCB, baby, on that PCB. Mm-hmm. Um, look at that ball solder. I, I asked for some performance mm, specs to see how they compared to the desktop. They didn't really have the information for me yet. Um, it sounds like it's going to be pretty similar. This is a 380 gig capacity drive. Um, which is, you know, an odd, but at least it's not a hundred gig, right? Remember the 48 gig raw. Yeah, baby. You like it raw. 18% over provisioning. Not quite as much as the 900 P 280, but you know, you get what you can get. Um, so Alan estimates that it should be in the 450 to $500 price point, which is very high for 380 gig drive, but, in line with Optane. Um, I'm very curious to see what the power draw of this new controller is. That's something that depending on the heat sink, I mean, probably and you know, depending on the environment in which you're putting this, a lot of times these guys are putting, you know, motherboard vendors are putting M.2 ports on the back of motherboards between the motherboard Mm -hmm. and the, and the back of the case. Right. So let me ask you this real quick. Oh, you please. What is the usual draw of an M.2 drive? Is what half a watt? No, it's more. Is it higher than that? No, I think like up to like six Watts. Well, seven, I can see there. The the part would be limited to a seven watt power envelope. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, huh? I mean, I don't. I don't think they use that. Typically, seems high, but but okay. How many how many Dell desktop machines have you ever seen that have, that have had the chipset actually not have a heatsink on it? Way too many. Uh, I don't look at them very often, but yeah, sure. Mm, YouTube new probably. generation doesn't. Yeah, but I mean, it, one thing that I would I would caution is that storage performance will decrease. If that controller overheats, you know, if your chipset overheats, like what the hell is a chipset even do anymore? USB, right? Um, hey, D, what DM4, baby, DMI4, baby? Three. Yeah, but, but what's connected to the Three. chipset, right? You've got SATA, most of mm-hmm. these systems you're looking at that don't have you got some networking. heat sinks on that stuff. Yeah. As opposed to what this drive is trying to do, which is gigabytes per second of throughput um, and a lot of I.O., uh, internally, so I, I don't know. I what? what? Yep, exactly. Yet another Optane drive with a weird kind of deal breaking compromise. It's an M.2 by four in a form factor that you can't fit into a lot of devices. I'm curious. Actually, we should have done more research before this to actually see, like, take an informal poll of the motherboards we have yeah. sitting around us everywhere in every direction. Do you know, do you know what this is from Intel? Uh, the 905PM.2? No, it's oh. it's called winning. Tonight's podcast is Intel is winning in the Charlie Sheen type sense. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, let's talk about another story where they might be winning. <laughs> uh, they talked at their keynote about... So, 
one of the places Intel's being hit on is on power consumption, battery life of notebooks from Qualcomm, right? And so Intel wanted to show that, hey, yes, whatever might be the case with our chips, but we have an ecosystem. We have an engineering and partnerships and long-term relationships with these guys, and we can do other stuff to move this industry forward. One of them is um, apparently figuring out some technology that will reduce – <clears throat> excuse me, power draw of the display by like half. Jeremy, what are we moving from and to? Uh, well, I mean, it does depend on what kind of a display you want. And uh, as you guys well know, trying to figure out exactly what panel is in a notebook can be next to impossible. It's true. Uh, but, so what they're talking about is cutting the, the, the total power draw by 50%, assuming you're running off of uh, Intel graphics. Right. The, 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 Example they gave was deeply confusing to me because they said the Dell XPS 13 that has a battery life of 20 hours, <laughs> uh, which sort of confused me, well, uh, yeah. it was extended Mark. up to 24 hours. So 20% of a base is not bad. No, no, no it's actually really I mean, good. Because that draw is actually going to stay relatively the same even if you're idle versus gaming. Right? I, it shouldn't uh, change hugely. No, it would change because you're doing – what's the – Panel self refresh. Yeah, panel self refresh. So hmm. I, I imagine what we're looking at is a combination of how do you uh, actually adjust the technology on the screen itself, the backlight, the the pixels, the 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 LED arrays, or whatever it happens to be, with software innovation of panel self refresh, <laughs> variable refresh, some of these other things that you can do. I believe the example they gave me on my on my brief was that you can take a two watt panel down to a one watt panel, hmm. right, okay. and. One watt doesn't sound like a lot, but again, on laptops where idle power is everything for productivity. And it's cutting your biggest power draw device in half. Basically, every device, your phone or your laptop, the screen is almost always your biggest power draw. Now, if you're you're encoding something on your laptop, then it's going to draw more than your panel. But in all their cases, and I think going – if you can implement this technology, there's no adverse effect on my – Experience brightness? Yeah. Yeah. That's like the if, question. It, if it flickers at me for 20% better life, I'm not interested. <laughs> I might take it if I could enable that mode. Only in case of emergency. Yeah. But uh, this, is a good, this is a good example of Intel saying, okay, Qualcomm, you might be able to make a more power-efficient chip than us because of your background, but you don't have the ability and the weight to go in and like say, hey, Dell, do this. Hey, HP, do this. Uh-huh. And force them to do uh, these kind of technological shifts. And I mean, with with this huge uh, draw towards 4K monitors, I doubt a 4K monitor is pulling two watts. I, I would expect it's a wee bit more. Got it. Yeah. So being able to pull that down, some of the higher end uh, machines are now actually not going to be looking at less than six hours of battery life, which is a good thing. Be again, as long as it doesn't screw with the brightness of the screen and make it an unpleasant experience to use. Yeah. And I would also be curious to your original point, Jeremy, uh, like, Depending on your workload, that twenty percent may vary, right? It may yeah. only be ten percent or five percent if you're gaming or if you're doing <laughs> watching a video, right? Because when you're watching a movie, in theory, the screen is always changing. Yeah. Panel self refresh wouldn't really help you there. Panel self refresh is helpful for like right here where I'm got this email <laughs> open and, and yeah. it's literally not changing, but it's consuming the same amount of power each time. I mean, you can yeah. take the gaming use case out because it's Intel HD graphics. Yeah. So, oh, sure, fine. Burn, baby. Well, when they use AMD, it's pretty good. 
Yeah. Speaking of AMD, <laughs> let's go through their Computex announcements. There are hey, hey, a lot of Before we go into this. Oh, yeah. Yes, please. Is, is this an area where I could do a do you know? Uh, you can, sure. Okay. Do you know that, that tardigrades, when they yes. expel waste, it can be up to one-third the size of their body? Same. <laughs> and they feel much better for it. Can. God, I'm so excited that we learned this today. It's, it's tardigrades are amazing creatures. Let's learn about AMD's Nobody announcements at Computex. Such a passing. Anyway. Oh, I don't know about that, Josh. <laughs> There's some people who are full of a lot of <laughs> waste. All right. Anyway, AMD Computex. Uh, uh, they had I a pretty had to good get that out of my system, if you will. Yeah, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. Uh, so AMD had a lot of stuff to talk about. Let's, let's first mention Epic. Tim posted this up. They uh, talked through a couple of days ago, a few days ago, they announced a partnership with Cisco. Cisco is a uh, a rising player in the enterprise space. They're small, but... Rising. Uh, yeah. Small. Influential. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're small, but growing, right? They've done a lot of push <laughs> into getting into this market. Um, they're, they're now using... Uh, epic single socket platforms for this. They talk about ten um, percent more st- or twenty percent more storage per rack, fifty percent more servers. Uh, you know, improvement in per co- or per VM costs. Same thing with HP. They announced a uh, the DL three twenty five Gen ten. It's their first one P ProLiant server, twenty five percent lower cost per VM. These are all important claims. Then they had Tencent, who is the giant Chinese cloud company, kind of comparable to. Google, I guess, in a lot of ways. They own everything. Yeah. Um, But they they have now deployed Epic-based servers in their cloud service. Again, their claims are 30% lower cost per VM um, as well for 3D rendering, genetic modeling, e-commerce, a lot of stuff that obviously people use VMs and cloud-based servers for. So... Uh, impressive, impressive stuff for them there. And, and really their Epic story is all about momentum. It's, you know, they're not refreshing it like they are with the Ryzen and Threadripper. They're not going yeah. Zen plus or not adding that into it, but they do want to show people that, yeah, no, we know that getting back in the server space takes a lot more work, takes a lot more time. It's more relationships. It's not, you know, they're trying to sell 10,000 parts <laughs> instead of one yeah. to uh, 10,000 to one person each right on Newegg or whatever. Uh, so it, it is a it is a much tougher deal. Um, they also there's the big news right. Hot on the heels of the 28 core Intel demo, <laughs> AMD came up on stage the next day or on my time schedule later that night <laughs> um, because of you know time zones that they went up and showed their 32 core Threadripper CPU coming out in Q3. And you know what the the best part about this? I can't the wait. Best. Can't wait. They used a two horsepower motor to get here. Fake news. Okay, that that's a lie. Sorry. You got they used air cooling. You got anything else? It was a really big air cooling, but yeah, yeah it's a fair sized air cooler, but <laughs> so not horse sized. This is this is the Threadripper 2000 series. It'll be uh, you know Zen Plus architecture. Up to 32 core, 64 threads. They did mention uh, the 24 core version as well. So expect there to be a 32, a 24, 16, you know, a couple different speed grades in between there. They didn't go into any more detail about clock speeds. They didn't talk about the memory system, which is going to be interesting because 
an Epic with 32 cores supports eight channels of memory. Yeah. In theory. No, it does. Well, like, yeah, yeah, well, okay, does, yes, it, right? it does in Epic, sure. Yeah. Threadripper but, but, will have all of those same memory controllers because it's going to have four fully populated, you know, Zeppelin die on there. But all the motherboards that are out there that, you know, you're, that these are socket compatible with have, you know, four channels of routed memory. Yeah. So I'm a little bit curious how they're going to how they're going to balance that or if there's something they can do magically where now maybe instead of two dims per channel you can get one dim per channel and you can actually take advantage of that. I do not believe that, that will that, be the that, case. The routing yeah. does not sound like it would work that way. I don't know? think so either. Yeah, I think that you're stuck with four channel which you know, is a bad thing to say because being stuck with four channel memory does not suck. <laughs> right. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, you were right, Josh. They didn't, you know, uh, they didn't talk about clock speeds. They didn't do performance numbers. They did a side by side comparison of an Intel 18 core and uh, the AMD 24 core and showing how much faster it was rendering in Cinema 4D, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't show any benchmark numbers. And I, I'm actually really curious personally if they had intended to show performance numbers of their 32 core part. But once Intel not only showed a 28 core, but a 28 core with this massive overclock courtesy of its, uh, you know, thermal system that they're like, "Mm, now if we, if we release a number that's lower, even though it's way higher than the 18 core Intel of the 16 core AMD, uh, it's still going to be looked at in a negative light for any media or, you know, readers, viewers that aren't analyzing the back background of the cooling situation. Um, they, I think, you know, originally, you know, can I, can I intercede here? Yeah. Um, Red Ripper has done really well for AMD. It has given them kind of a halo effect. It's Mm -hmm. been a solid part. I know I, I built one for the group that I'm with the company that I, I work for, and it has been an outstanding product in terms of price performance and the amount of threads that you get, uh, or, I mean, we're doing heavy-duty statistical analysis where they start running a process on Monday and it might finish up on Friday. And mm-hmm. when you consider you've got 32 threads and they're eating 100% cycles on there, I mean, it's it's a lot of work and it has saved us a lot of money and a lot of time yeah. and stuff. And so this has been, I mean, for a thousand bucks to get the top of the line Threadripper, I mean, there there is a market for it. Yep. I mean, and even enthusiasts, because you can clock that up to four gigahertz and you can overclock it a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, single thread performance is still fantastic. Gaming is going to be pretty good. I mean, you got to adjust the bio settings. And so Threadripper has put a nice, you know, it's it's dug out a nice little niche for yeah. AMD. And approving upon this with 24, 32 threads was then second generation. Yeah, is really a no-brainer. I, I'm very I wrote, curious if they would ever release the numbers of how many products they've sold. Uh, no, <laughs> they won't. Although they did mention apparently the thing that they had sold five million Ryzen parts or something like that. <laughs> I, I I didn't I didn't hear it. I just saw Twitter chatter about it. So I'm going to get into that more later. But it, it's curious, or it's not curious. It's really interesting to think back. If you look at I don't know, let's say February 2017, <laughs> the top core count processor in the mainstream platform was a quad core, you know, 6700K or 7700K, whatever it was, right? And the top HEDT, the Intel X99, went up to 10 at that point, right? 5960X. So it's now a a year and four months later, 
and we have gone to eight core with Ryzen to 16 core with Threadripper now to 32 core with Threadripper. So literally in the span of 16 months, because of the, because of the pressure, because of the competition that AMD created, they have been able to accelerate like core adoption. And as, as a result, Intel has had to react. You've got six yeah. core coffee lake. You've got 18 core uh, X series. Do they show it a 30, a 28 core <laughs> something, right? Um, now there is a legitimate debate about, is this useful? Right, like who can use thirty-two cores and sixty-four threads in a single socket? I I tend to be on the side of like, well, not a whole lot today. However, comma, you want to enable people to start thinking that way. Um, so you know, eight cores in parts that are what two ninety-nine, two seventy-nine from AMD. Yeah. Like that's that's how you start to get that rolling on, right? And uh, don't get me wrong, for a little while, both AMD and Intel will have to talk about. What are the use cases for platforms like this, right? And and, and that's a difficult decision to have. Yeah, megatasking. And how about you want to stream and, and and play games? That was last year. Now you've got to set it up into two VMs, and you're going to stream twice and play twice, right? Like those type of stuff. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they do that. But what's interesting? You know, maybe the use case that that we're looking at is is more in in terms of of me. I mean, I'm a small company sysadmin yeah. outside of here. Yeah, and you know, we've got 300, 400 users, and instead of buying some high-end $10,000 machine from Dell, I do a $2,000 Threadripper that right. does it 95%, 95 of the performance of, of this $10,000 machine. And not everybody's going to be able to do this, but the amount of people who are doing higher-quality video editing as a hobby – or doing 3D effects as as just I mean how many little things on YouTube have you seen that somebody rendered something really kind of cool that they have an idea and they they get 3ds yeah. Max yeah. and then they learn how to do it and I mean for the amount of money that they're offering cores and threads it's 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 kind of obscene in in a really lovely way and I'm more excited about this than than most other stuff we talk about today because it has a pretty firm release date of Q3, probably looking at July, August time frame. And you year. don't need yeah. a one horsepower cooler. Well, what if you had? You might want one. Yeah, exactly. You might want one. <laughs> but you don't have to. Yeah, right. So they showed the air cooler, or they said it was air cooler, and apparently they're, they, they showed something called the Wraith, Kill, Wraith Ripper, yeah. right? Which is a, of course, RGB-enabled air cooler that... I thought maybe I'd heard was going to ship with it, but now maybe it's just going to... I've gonna... seen it both ways. Okay, it looks like they're not, gonna... Cooler probably. Master's making it, I think. Is yeah. that right? So either way, I think that's Comes a good on thing. a separate pallet. There were issues with Threadripper coolers and TR4 sockets yeah. and getting all that worked out. So I think what, what AMD did with Ryzen 2000 series and packing a cooler in the box with everything and then maybe doing that with uh, Threadripper 2000 series is a, is a good deal, too. Let's get to the other stuff they had here. They uh, Lisa held up Zen 2 Rome Epic CPU, which is their seven nanometer version. This is this is not this is not Zen Plus. This is actually Zen 2. Yeah. This is the new microarchitecture, the new the new design, um, the second iteration of Zen. And um, you know, no more no details on perf or anything like that, but they have silicon up in labs now. It's sampling in the second half of this year to partners, and it will be shipping in 2019. And obviously 2019 is a 12-month period, so it's not a very detailed window, but it's there. Um, 
And I and think that's that's epic. <laughs> so that means, you know, I mean, they're getting, oh, <laughs> of course, Epic is, is made of, of dyes from Zen, which goes across their entire. But what's interesting is we don't know product. what the configuration is going to be this time. So, so we have no information on what the core count is nope. or nope. none of that. It could be. It's not going to be one monolithic die. They're not going to go that way. <laughs> but maybe they're 16 core dies now instead of eight. Yeah, and Not only that, but they are out TikToking Intel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not an accident that they're talking about this. They, they oh, sorry, that's me. That's my fault. They mentioned 7 nanometer um, on this, on, on the GPU, and they're, they're hammering down where they can because they know that the pressure on Intel for being behind on 10 nanometer is significant. Um, so they're going to take advantage of that. As much as much as they possibly can, which obviously leads into the in the GPU side where they showed off uh, a seven a working Vega seven nanometer graphics card. It was running a Cinema 4D ray tracing um, uh, demo. No performance metrics again on this. Very early. Um, and 32, you know what's cool about 32 this? Thirty-two gigs though, of HBM2 memory. What's that? Is that um, the die size goes from about five hundred fifty millimeter square to yeah. about. Uh, sub 400, so you're thinking oh, really? around 300 millimeter square. Yeah, I saw and some analysis. They've got, they've got four HBM channels yeah. rather yep. than two in Vega. Yep. yep. So you can get you know more stack, 32 gigs, yep. but in theory, get double the bandwidth. Yeah, it, I, I think it'll be impressive. You know, they talked a little bit about um, new deep learning operations, probably something similar to the Tensor Core's uh, hardware virtualization improvements, a high-speed interconnect, basically something to rival NVLink for uh, data center work. They didn't mention anything about gaming in relation to this. I saw some some stories talking about like, oh, this GPU is going to come to gaming later in 2018 or something like that. That's wrong. They all they all Lisa said was um, that seven nanometer technology will be coming to gamers eventually. Right, and so stay tuned there. And that is that could just be Navi, right? I don't I don't believe there's any plans for uh, an updated Vega seven nanometer to come out come out to gamers. But they did I, I don't think so either. I think their first seven nanometer products are going to be aimed directly at data center yeah. and AI yeah. and machine learning. Trying to get in on um, that cash cow. But I'm kind of curious. I mean, I, this is a segue. But do you think that the next GPU architecture is going to skip? 12 and 10 nanometer and go straight to seven? Or do you think that we're going to get enthusiast stuffs sooner in 12 nanometer? Well, the roadmap we're showing right now says seven nanometer for Navi. Well, I'm talking about overall, but I mean, not just. So we're talking about NVIDIA? Because <laughs> that's the only other option. Yeah. I, right. I don't well, know the answer to that. Know. If you're asking me what Turing's going to be, it's. I mean, it's not going to be seven nanometer. So. There you have it. Yeah. It's, okay. just, it's just timing wise. It can't be. Um, so there's that. That's the GPU. Uh, is that all the AMD stuff? That's enough AMD stuff. Let's move on. NVIDIA didn't do a whole lot at Computex. Um, they announced <laughs> Disappointed everyone. Isaac. Yeah, I know. Oh, they're going to release the 1180, everybody. <laughs> no, still not. And no. in fact, it, quite the opposite. Jensen was quoted as saying it's going to be a very long time before new GeForce GPUs are released. Let's see what very long time means to Jensen. It might be 30 days. It might be 180 days. I honestly have no idea. Um, 
But it was definitely kind of a, a buzzkill for people that were like, oh, man, June, July. It's really no, this. we can't talk about that. It was. Nope. <laughs> not soon. Um, I'm sure his PR people would have rather he not said that yeah. exact wording. But, uh, you know, um, they, you know, last week they had uh, their Taiwan based GTC event last week. They announced HGX2, which is a. a Basically, a server infrastructure that other partners can build machine learning and deep learning systems on. Uh, they also announced Isaac, which is their development platform for you know robotics. It's using the new Jetson Xavier board, which is the Xavier SoC, which is that chip they keep talking about, the largest chip development project they've ever done. Um, I forget what it is. It's like it's, it's, it's eight, eight arm cores, uh, and five hundred twelve Volta cores, and Tensor and Tensor cores yeah, and as well. I don't know what the configuration is that supports NVDLA. Um, this is, and then they also announced like the robotics simulator training system. So they talked about it at the GTC yeah. US this yeah, year. Agreed as well. Yeah, it wasn't a whole lot of. I think the platform is new, and kind of the twelve hundred dollar you know dev kit that you can get is new. But yeah, the, they said, the other stuff is is kind of what we. They did, said early seen. August for shipping of the dev kit. Okay, honestly, thirteen hundred bucks, twelve thirteen hundred bucks. It's like a steal for this board. Is like it? how much I O you get? It's yeah. it's insane for someone doing like a autonomous robotics sort of. Yeah, interesting. All right, uh, all right. we got a lot of stuff to get through here. We have this section in the show notes called Asus, and they apparently releasing everything. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, why don't you go through the first couple? Give me like two sentences max on each, <laughs> and uh, you know, rapid fire this ish. All right. Well, you got the uh, Ryujin and uh, Ryuo coolers, and well, frankly, they're just two hundred forty millimeter and three hundred sixty millimeter water coolers. They got RGBs on them. All the RGBs everywhere. Do we know who's making them? That one had, had oh, I'm sorry, the one we're showing right now, the bottom one had yep. an Asetech logo on it at the no, show. So, no. well, oh well, okay. Gee, I wonder. There, there's also <laughs> there's also something special besides RGB. They both have OLED displays in them that are programmable. Are you kidding? Like, oh, that RG that. logo is a like 1.75 inch OLED display. They can put any graphic on. And then the if you scroll up, that one has one too. All right, that's kind of cool. Is. Yeah. How much does that cost? That, that. They haven't said. <laughs> more than the other ones. All right. Second Honestly, half of the year. Honestly, displays are pretty commodity at this pricing point. Pricing not yet available. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, what's next? Uh, 1,200 watt power supply. Uh, Anyone want the uh, ROG Thor? It's got RGBs in it. Of course it does. All right. All right. And a 10-year warranty. Uh, Whoa. Well, and apparently... Uh, Apparently, an OLED panel that states the current power draw. I guess that's where that 1200 watts is. That's awesome. Who needs a kilowatt? Yeah, I'm just going to use like, these like from Literally, now on. anything that's we're talking really about cool. will have or a sink in it. Yeah. I take it all back. Sink. I was going to make fun of Asus this entire segment, and I take it well, all back. Hopefully, your case doesn't have a power this supply shroud. This is fantastic. This is fantastic. Uh, up next, Jeremy, what is this one? <laughs> Well, uh, that's what those things we just talked about go into. Oh, okay. This is the ROG Strix gaming chassis. Does it have an OLED screen on it? I, I am looking, and I don't <laughs> actually see one. That would just be obscene. That's just crazy. I, Nobody would ever do that. I'm, I'm kind of sad. So this is made by partnership with Inwin. The internal of the chassis is an Inwin 915, I believe. Okay. So, Looks like it. Not necessarily new internals, but they're kind of 
redesigning the externals. And this is this is still a concept. I think they're they're like not a final design. And I you know I kind of hate the show. random words in the front. I mean, it's not random, but you don't it's want just... word clouds on your case. Yeah. No. The actual design is kind of cool because it's laser cut in there, so like it looks cool. But yeah, um, game. um, So it doesn't buff out cases. Dang it! Yeah, and as with most other things, it will have a vertical GPU mounting bracket so that you can show off your GPU and how hot it is. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, And we got another Asus. Oh yeah, of course you do. Uh, Oh no, they just keep a coming. Asus ROG Gaming, uh, the Gladius Two Wireless Mouse, the Baltius. Chi pad and the Delta headset looks a lot like uh, my good friend the Intello mouse. There, I'm a fan <laughs> of that design. Wireless charging, of course. Is this a um, full field charger or is it like in a single location charger? Let's. See. I don't think they actually said the mouse could be wireless charged. They announced a wireless charging mouse pad with Chi oh. in it to charge things like your phone. Place their phone. Or on their mouse pad when they go yeah, to bed. I don't okay. think they could confirm. If I got a metal pan, could I cook some ramen on that? I mean, it is induction. Considering it's five Are watts, probably rush? not. Oh. <laughs> probably not enough to heat up the pan any <laughs> reputable amount, but okay. But maybe. Maybe. Uh, and then you got the headset as well. Which is type C. Oh, mm. really? Just because. Yeah. Huh. Okay. All right. I'm down with that. It's more oh. type C accessories. Also works with Android devices. Hmm. Android devices, huh? Is that the next story? No, more wow. aces. Wait, 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 the monitors? Damn, that's good. Yep. That's a good that was going to be a good transition. We just didn't it look was, at the show notes well. But sorry, they, uh, they've still you, got more stuff to show. <laughs> what are the monitors? You could be Jeremy? the queen of my double wide monitor. Uh, you know, well, yeah. you, you yeah. might. Okay, not have you be not ever heard it. that country song? Yeah. You could be the queen of my double you wide. My double wide. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. All heathens. Everybody okay. heathens. Okay. We, were on, we were in a flow, Josh. We were in a flow, Josh. Uh, I'm destroying the flow. I'm like a dam. Yes. Damn you. Like a damn Josh. Somehow through. I Jeremy, tell me it. about these three monitors. Well, first one is specifically designed for consoles, as you can kind of tell by the picture there. Now, it doesn't have wireless charging, but it does have dedicated USB oh, wow. charging slots in the bottom so that you can essentially just plug your console controllers in there okay. and leave her to go. Other than that, it's uh, 1080p uh, because, well... No, wait. Or, or Sorry, no, wait. This one's the 4K. I take that yeah. back. It's 31 and a half inch 4K. With HDR10 support and HDR600 compliance and 10-bit color. So, you know, if you've got a console that can provide that, Xbox this actually might X. be more fun than yeah. a TV. Yeah, uh, and uh, also worth mentioning, all of these are free sync displays. This particular one's forty to sixty hertz. Yep. Again, pretty much in line with what you'd want from a, a console. Pretty cool. Next up is the one for the, the, the working people, the ProArt PA thirty four V. It's an IPS twenty one by nine, so not quite as wide as some people might like them, but uh, thirty four forty by fourteen forty with a nineteen hundred R curvature. And because it's a little bit under 4K, the adaptive sync goes from 40 to 100 hertz. It does over 100 do too. Sorry, yeah, does 100 of Adobe and over 100 of sRGB. And what, it comes with built-in memory, so that when you're doing your color profiles on the monitor, it's saved on the monitor itself oh. as opposed to your PC. So you can just pop around, grab a different laptop, plug her in, and 
start working again without having to play with things. Interesting. Right. You can also string a bunch of stuff together because it's got uh, Thunderbolt 3. Hmm. Next up is the one that Josh is going to When you talk, it sounds like someone's playing drums in the background. Are you drumming in the background? I don't hear that. I'm really, really excited. What is your cat doing? I don't think Uh, any of us hear that. He's sleeping after knocking a a, a bottle of beer over earlier just before the podcast that was really fun to clean up. Mm, So strange. When he knocked over the bottle, did he watch you clean it up? Yes, like was and he attempted just, to step on broken glass as best a cat. he could. Was, so, was, yeah. he, was yeah. he like happy that he had caused you inconvenience, and was trying to make it worse by trying to play with the broken glass? <laughs> oh, it'd be a shame if you had to clean up bloody paw prints. He wouldn't said, it? He said I, a yeah. cat. <laughs> That's what they do. <laughs> All right, what's the third monitor? Okay, now this is the one that sort of matches the one uh, the Samsung that Ken loved so much. So forty nine inch, thirty two by nine, thirty eight forty by ten eighty VA panel. That has a proper 1800R curvature uh, on it. No funnier sends on it. You know, Samsung advertised that other monitor as an 1800R. See, now that was the next thing. Is that <laughs> they, they mentioned it in the PR. Yeah. They didn't specifically say not like the Samsung, but <laughs> yeah, we could be pretty good. And it goes up to 144 hertz uh, adaptive sync with a couple of fancy new things like the extreme low motion blur. If you can lock yourself at 85, 100, or 120 hertz. Hmm. And game fast technology, which, well, in ACES's internal testing, showed 11.9 milliseconds input lag. Hmm. So we'll see what happens when someone gets their hands on it. So, do we think that extreme low motion blur is like a ULMB type I think it has mutation? Yeah. Well, I don't think we've ever seen that on a FreeSync display. I don't think we have either. Yeah. Well, and I have a feeling because you have to be at those specific yeah. uh, hurt, uh, those yeah. specific rates that it can't just be bouncing around. Correct. Yeah. Like a free sync. But that was a NVIDIA advantage yeah, for a long it, time on the G-Sync monitors, side. it's always been you have to pick one or the other um, on those panels. Yeah, Asus Extreme LMB. So it's ELMB, not ULMB. That NVIDIA so, is real know, happy about that one. You know. Uh, very cool. And last but not least... Here's Do you the like having heat pipes next to your head? Yeah. Paper chamber, bro. <laughs> How about an ROG phone? It's an Android Not phone. Made by Nokia. Uh, it is a um, 6.25 inch long display phone, a uh, six inch AMOLED, essentially. Um, this is, you see the resolution here? 2160 by 1080, 108% of the DCI P3 color space. It's not a thing you can claim. It's not? You can't claim over 100% of a color space. People do it all the time. But, sure. They do it constantly. But, it doesn't mean it's the right 8.6%. Like, it might totally well, skew it red, but... There is no know. right 8.6% because it's beyond the spec. Well, if it were like... Well, what it does even. is it, it, it sunburns your iris, <laughs> but your redness. And yeah. so it, they, they, they give it that 8.6%. Nice. So it's it's an Android smartphone powered by a Snapdragon 845 that's targeting gamers. And um, a Snapdragon 845 clocked at 2.96 gigahertz. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, if only they Fantastic. could do another 40 megahertz. About. It's actually faster than the 850 <laughs> by 10 megahertz. Now, I think it might Son only clock up to that when you add the active cooling fan that you can strap onto the uh, back. Yeah, so this is the only phone. This is the first phone I've seen with, like, mesh uh, air outlets on the back. Um, did you, did you so that's going to do good for can, waterproofing, right? Yeah. There's a 4,000 milliamp hour battery. Yes, you can absolutely. We don't have a picture of it here. Uh, let me see if the Asus page has it. 
Uh, yep, there this it is. is like super duper Anantec type stuff. It comes with that accessory. <laughs> it comes with this accessory that applies, basically blows a fan on the back of the device. And you know what it sounds yep. like? It sounds like wee. <laughs> Just what I want to have. We right got next a to my head. ten millimeter fan on the back of our device. I mean, the it's idea is you only put it on head. while you're gaming. When Except, of course, when you're talking on the phone. What does it it comes on and by off. awkward landscape limitations? <laughs> what <laughs> the hell? I, too, am triggered by awkward See, okay, landscape. And that also has your um, ports on it as well. See, it's got... Uh, it's hard to see. There it is. Well, it's got like a pass-through USB-C. It's got USB-C like the USB and, and a headphones headphone. port well, on the I bottom of that part as well. I think the phone has a headphone jack as well. I think this is just kind of passing through. It has multiple USB-C ports so you can... Have this device plugged in and still it's got, use a it's USB-C. It's got a dock. You can dock it. Um, like a Nintendo DS. Yeah, here we go. Hard to see it. There oh, wait, go. no. The desktop dock and then desktop there's the dual screen dock. And then you've dock. got like a Nintendo DS where it's got, you know, you're docking it into a dual screen device. It's got a 90 hertz a AMOLED Switch display. accessory. Um, Look how much fun you will have in your life oh, if God, you only yeah. bought this product. How many people believe this will ship? Not here. Hey, if the N-Gage shipped, this will. Mm, taco talk. Yeah, I don't know what to say about this. I don't think it'll ship here necessarily. I, I think, think it's it incredibly ship. interesting, uh, but it's going to be expensive as hell. I don't know. Yeah, thousand dollars. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Is that Release? our last ASUS item? I think so. Let's find out. Nope, it's not. Zenbo was just kidding. Aww. How about, <laughs> how about some laptops? Uh, the new ZenBook Pro 15 UX 580. Jeremy, what's the standout feature on this one? Well, if you scroll down a little bit, you can see it a bit better. <gasps> that, is that is not a touchpad. It's a screen pad. It's a full HD IPS display. So not only can you use it as a touchpad, mm. you can have fancy little menus appear on it. A good thing it's not a uh, TN panel. The viewing angles would be awful. I know, <laughs> but it, it, and in a way, it does actually make sense. They're, they're essentially saying, so if you're using a Microsoft Office product, your ribbons can appear on that if you so desire. If you're, say, running hex chat, you could drag it down because it shows up as just oh. another additional display in Windows Display Manager. Interesting. And so you could actually have your text scrolling down there. As long as I have another mouse and I'm not just thumbing over the uh, this text screen. We need more widgets. <laughs> oh, as, it's going to come with widgets. As someone firmly in the camp of don't touch my screens, this confuses me. Well, this one me. you're going to fondle. You don't like any touch screens at all? No, I don't like Well, people. that's the future of everything, so ah. you're going to lose. I hate to, I hate to break it to you. Fingerprints everywhere. Yeah. Nah, we'll It'll just, even run I'll, calculator, I'll though, Alex. <laughs> that might make it worth it. Nah. Wait, you yeah, can, you totally can put right. a terminal session down there. No. Uh, no. But <laughs> apart from that, internally, you're looking at uh, your old 8th gen uh, Intel Mobile uh, up to a GTX 1050 Ti, mm. which is not too bad. This also has the Core i9 8950HK 6 core part. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. calibrated screen. 100%, Adobe, 100% RGB. Adobe RGB is good. 132% sRGB can. <laughs> <laughs> And nano edge bezels, which you know sound great until you look at them and realize that well, it's they're bezels. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a but it does have the camera at the top. Oh, and I, I also should mention that it's a it's the first one that they've done 
which is Pantone validated. Yeah, that's cool. Their laptop. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's sort of a hybrid gaming and productivity computer. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Okay. Um. Okay. Now we're past the ASUS stuff. Yay! We're in the home stretch. Actually, we're not. Damn it. That's all I have to go. Corsair introduces Crystal Series 280X RGB Micro ATX. Ken, you're actually kind of excited about this case, correct? Yeah. So at home, I use the original Corsair Carbide Air 240, which essentially looks like this case without the tempered glass. But it had a few sort of fatal flaws. I know Sebastian has one of these in for review that he's taking a look at and asked him a couple of questions. One of the fatal flaws of the 240 was you could fit full-length GPUs in there, like a, a standard GPU. Like you could fit a very long GPU in there, but if the PCIe power connectors came out on the window side, because it had an acrylic side panel in September. As, as most do. Yeah, as most do these days. The leads would stick out too far, and you couldn't really put the side panel on. So now it looks like they have an additional gap between the window and the PCIe brackets, yeah. which will help a lot. Essentially, I could only use a Founders Edition GPU because those are nice and sort of thin as opposed to third-party cards. Yeah. Yeah. I could only ever fit a Founders Edition GPU, having tried a couple of other options. So that that's kind of the biggest thing I'm looking for. Tempered glass is interesting they have rgb and non-rgb options the non-rgb option that has come with doesn't come with rgb fans saves you like yeah 50 bucks 159 down to 109 yeah so that's a significant difference i just do that one (laughs) kind of disappointed that there's no non-tempered glass option but yeah and all that space and no optical drive need optical drives optical drives not even josh he just needs to get over it yeah are you are you serious i'm very serious triggered (laughs) <laughs> get your starbucks coffee and your knit hat and we'll meet you after the podcast to talk about it okay sure um this at is least an, we've got somewhere to put our coffee <laughs> this is an interesting story <laughs> this is an interesting story how about this gigabyte makes memory gigabyte makes rgb memory that comes with two good dims and two dummy dims Yep. So basically, you want uh, 16 gigs of memory. You want DDR4, 3200 megahertz, two 8 gig DIMMs, but you want to f- populate all those slots so that it looks cool. And believe you me, I want to populate all. Josh loves populating those, slots. All slots. slots. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this actually, like, at first I saw this, I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And then I was like, you know what? Okay. Nobody's ever done this before, but you want as much light in your case as you can get. Fine, do it. Right here's how you're going to do it. Right, and I don't know what the what the premium is for that. Yeah, um, how cheaply you can make fake dims. Right, with, with just RGBs. the LEDs and the controls. Right, what happens if you take away the PCB and the IC and yeah, and and try to sell it that way? But it's an interesting idea. It's not for me personally, um, but I, if you are an RGB fanatic, like, well, I mean, if, if you think about it, if you're going for like an aesthetic with your case and you have a proper dual chain RAM configuration, you're going to have that hole in the middle. Yeah. I mean, it looks kind of funky if you don't know what's going on. Sure. And you're trying to do, like, these cool RGB animations, all the software can do now and stuff. It's going to look a bit weird, but... Yeah. I'll tell you, you what. I got some old uh, Ram bus terminators that I could strap some RGBs onto. There you and go. And you, you can buy them. Josh, go ahead. The, the best is when uh, eBay gets a lot of complaints about oh, yeah. why well, I bought these two and four... <laughs> 
damn kits, and it, my computer won't even post, but they sure look pretty with the lights on. Yeah. Yeah. Tough luck for them. Yeah. All right. Next. This is kind of cool. Case King and Derbauer debut a phase shift cooler, a all-in-one prototype. Please, somebody explain to me what this is. Ken, did you read it? Uh, I watched a video from Gamers Nexus about this. Okay. So essentially, this is aiming to be, by the end of the year, a turnkey phase change all-in-one cooler that you can install. This is, mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks easy to install. Well, this is a development unit. It's got some stuff. Like Do you it's need got, a 3D printer to actually create the legs that you want to use? Well, in it, would such be, a, it would be very difficult to print acrylic sheets on a 3D printer. But Does it come with adapters so I can hook it into my refrigerator? <sighs> Please let Ken talk through this. <laughs> All right. No. It's got some extra stuff like that port on the side that they can use to pressurize it for demo. And the tubing is supposed to go down to like 10 or 12 millimeters. So like normal sort of hydraulic line like you'd use for something like brakes in a car. And it's supposed to be a 240 millimeter turnkey phase shift cooling unit. They aren't really talking pricing or anything yet. But I mean, this is the first time we've seen anything like that. The phase phase change stuff has been super massive, difficult to sort of implement yeah. you've had uh, you know what the best part about that is what uh how that that piece cuts off half your memory dims again that piece won't be there that was a <laughs> whatever piece so they, they can pressurize the unit oh i thought you were talking about above no because there's a very similar unit yeah, the, the one on the top is a pressure relief but they won't say what fluid it's using. It's not using 3M Novik because that has PFCs in it. You can't ship that Clean Air Act and such. You blah, blah, blah. You can't distribute that. So they're using some new fluid that they're not talking about but enables them to do this and ship it across the world. So Movek. <laughs> and you said it's not Flurner, right? No. I, don't, I think no. that one has the coolest name, though. It does. That would raise the price a bit. Yeah. Can I, can I breathe it underwater? Did they say anything about what, like... What's the what's the temperature that this basically would get us down to? Like obviously it has yeah, to be significantly really better results. than uh uh what you get with everything else. Otherwise, why would I pay nine thousand dollars for it? The inevitable cost that will be charged. Yeah. And not not really any information on performance or anything like that, but it'll be super interesting if we see a kit like this ship by the end of the year because yeah. like nobody's been close to commercializing this. No, not no, in a large scale. Not anything like this. And yeah. what's interesting about this is it's fully passive. You know, if you're talking phase chain, it's typically an active loop. You have a compressor and expansion chambers. This, there, there's no pumps. There's no, it, mm. it looks like there's a central line and an external line, and it goes up, condenses, and then flows back. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's not like a, you know, an active phase chain, you know, like it's a Peltier actually pulling heat out. Yeah. It's all passive. So, so are you are you saying that this is passive aggressive? It Very looks pretty so. aggressive while being passive. You know, I really want to cool your CPU, but <sighs> it's just I think so you're hard. using it a bit too much. All right, we're moving yeah. on now. Uh, Sebastian wrote up a story about uh, Rivet Networks introducing killer wireless extend technology. This is um, this is kind of an interesting solution, which basically lets you turn. Your notebook, or I'm sorry, your your PC that has killer networking on it, hardwired killer networking, and 
killer wireless, you can turn it into like a um, uh, mesh access point. Hmm. Right. So um, you can clone your home network credentials, seamlessly extend your network for better Wi-Fi experience uh, by using those two technologies. So if you hardwire your PC, you can use you can integrate, you know, you're not wasting the wireless um, on on that part of it. Right. So uh, it seems like a like a pretty good idea. And then you get to take advantage of all those devices attached to that to that wireless network, take advantage of um the prioritization technology that killer networking has been building in for, you know, prioritizing your gaming, your streaming, your downloads or what have you. Um, and your so, banking and your banking. Yeah. It optimizes all of your banking. <laughs> clearly, clearly. Um, the guy who connected to it can get at it. <laughs> we're going to get a demo of this relatively soon. Um, it's an interesting use because you buy some of these high end motherboards that have Wi-Fi cards yeah. installed and you, yeah. you, you hardwire your PC and you never think about using it. This is something you could do with it at least. Yep. That might help in your given situation. It keeps you from spending, you know, 150, 200 bucks on a mesh networking system or an extension, yeah. you know, router extension yeah. AP that you don't need. I'd be uh, curious how well the handoff works. It's all, yeah, I agree. Uh, that's, that's always tricky. I don't know. I mean, if it's cloning your, if it automatically clones your home network credentials. Yeah, but that, I don't know. That stuff is kind of shady and it's just now getting there with like the mesh protocols. Which I don't know yeah, having using. all the same said for everything is just going to be weird. Yeah. Yeah, it worked, but maybe. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, we'll check that out soon. Uh, this is another thing that was surprisingly cool that we saw. The it's C- pretty neat, isn't it? System cable management device from Seasonic. What is this supposed to be, Jeremy? Well, so you look at that PSU and you realize, oh, that's crap. It's not modular. Until you write, wait a second. It's just one yeah. cord coming out. And it's plugging into this funny little doohickey, which you can mount behind your motherboard and then distribute the power from it. I think this is awesome. It's a PDU. So it's a ridiculously easy cable management system. It's cable management. Um, it is. It will prevent me from having that awful headache every time you build a system where you can't get the eight-pin power connector <laughs> exactly. from the power supply to the top left corner of the motherboard, uh, all that kind of crap. Um, it makes things neat and clean, even cleaner than before. You only have one cable coming out of your power supply to yeah. behind the, the motherboard tray. Um, I'd be curious about how thick that is and if it can fit in behind the motherboard tray of most chassis. That seems like it looks that could like be, here, uh, unless I'm missing something, this is, this is a cutout, right? Like this portion right here. Yeah. Like you can see through it. So I'm even curious, like how much cabling there is even in this device. Well, if you scroll you know, up, well, I think it's all just hard wire, but you scroll up a little bit and you can see the thickness of it compared to the thickness oh, of the ports, yeah. right? Yeah, no, that, I they, mean, if you can route cables back there, you should. Do they mention anything about how you mount this to the case? I mean, there's got to be so many different types <laughs> of cases, and well, they're all uh, HR Geiger would be proud. So proud. <laughs> Uh, so, little, so many tentacles coming off of it in odd angles. <laughs> Jeremy, what were you going to say? They're, they're, if they do release it, because right now it is a prototype and they're talking oh. about it, and I really hope that they do, there'll be three different models, so it should fit in just about any case. Because your EATX is going to be, you know, uncomfortable if you've got an <laughs> MATX size. Yes, true. But I think you just break in it in half and it's fine. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Just just put uh, pass-through wires. Through. Yeah. 
uh, the, the logo is, of course, RGB. Have to mention that. Oh, uh, Otherwise, it wouldn't be a Computex product. Yeah, you're right. And they also are claiming that uh, the drop-in of efficiency should be about 1%, so pretty on the level with what we see on the modulars. Got it. And honestly, I just like this better than a modular PSU. It just makes more sense. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with that assertion. Yeah. I, I just think it makes everything easier. Um, and in theory, well, I right. guess it's just going to come with the, you don't have, I was going to say, you don't have to use a Seasonic power supply for that. Yeah, you do. Well, you do. yeah. Cause look it's, at the way it's it hardwired in. in the power supply. Oh, I thought this was, oh, okay. No. Yeah. It's a single. All right, look at the power, the PSU at the top again. Okay. Like, I think you've got to get a specific type that's going to be compatible with it. All right. Well, or so an adapter. Yeah. So you have this picture up. Why is the second SSD not plugged in? Mm, they just don't like that one. Data by osmosis. Ah, okay. Yes, clearly. It's the it's the hot spare. <laughs> oh, cold spare. Cold spare. Uh all right. Next up. Inwin has a case, we'll call it. The Z It's really affordable too. Uh it is stare in amazement, Jeremy writes, at eight giant pieces of cast aluminum that it is made from. Oh jeez. That's what that's it's kind of rendering. This is kind of a, a black version that that uh, we saw a picture Shiny. of. Shiny. So this is just like case as art, essentially, right? Yeah. And Ken, you were telling me earlier, this is something Inwin has done a few times. Yeah, sort of every trade show of your like CES and Computex, they do these kind of crazy, mostly one off uh, like show pieces of what kind of like concept cars, essentially. Look at how thick that metal is. How yeah, much do you think that thing weighs? Even with aluminum. That's it's a lot. And I don't think you can pick it up without like cutting yourself with all the sharp angles. <laughs> that's part of its aesthetic. Right. Yeah, that's how you prevent theft. Simpets yes. and blood and into hey, it. Think about the airflow. Yeah. You wouldn't have any problems with that. I what think you my, mount fans. My problem with this is like <laughs> You just put a motherboard in it. How do you get the motherboard in with I, the heat stick? I don't even know, but like you just do it, right? And it's circular inside. Because I think anyone also makes a case that's like inside of a clear sphere. Yeah. And it's just like it's just a motherboard and stuff mounted inside of inside a yep. sphere. It looks neater, but they didn't fundamentally change anything I'm looking at, right? Like if they made it so like the motherboard was maybe mounted at this kind of 45 degree angle or something through that. And it what got, is you just have to bend it a bit. <laughs> mm, okay, heat it up and bend it. Yeah, fair enough. All right, that's a Z Tower. Uh, uh, that's our that's our gig. That's hey, Computex is over. Yay! Yay. Oh, Yay. It's not quite over yet. We got two more things. Uh, Microsoft bought GitHub. Scott's not on here to talk about the importance of that, but Jeremy, you wrote this news up. Uh, it was only seven point five billion dollars, so it's probably not that big a deal. Uh, seven billion in uh, PayPal and half on uh, <laughs> in the uh, cost of the doing the business. Uh, to put it quickly, uh, Microsoft bought GitHub. The internet has feelings; they've been hurt. <laughs> I hear that happens a lot, actually. Yes. So, yeah. as an aside, GitLab has reported they're having scaling troubles onboarding all the customers. You know where GitLab's hosted? Yeah. Oh, is there? Are you kidding me? No. No. And GitHub uh, was hosted by Amazon AWS. That'll be yeah. the first thing they change. Yep. 
That'll be a gradual change. We sort of saw this coming because Microsoft's been playing with the the Git virtual file system for quite a while now with Azure, and that they like buying things and then running them beautifully, and we hear from them constantly about new products. Yeah. Yeah. Microsoft is a hell of a lot more developer-friendly, developer-focused company than they were five years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and, and people people asked for Microsoft to be more like be more friendly to open source and be more friendly to developers. And they put Linux kernel in in Windows ten essentially. They bought GitHub like like people you. ask for all this uh, stuff well, and they're trying it. So you can't give them too much shit yet until they fuck it up, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's kind of my. But they also got to be a little worried that their favorite is your instance is the Linux one. That's got to be deeply upsetting to them on some level. I mean, they're, they're making, making money. They're making Linux yeah. kernels for stuff too. Like they have that IoT yeah. stuff where yeah, they, yeah, they, they have the Linux, Linux kernel, kernel for their Azure IoT uh, service. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, we've almost figured out the Office three sixty five licensing by now. So let's find out about what the Git. Don't worry about figuring it out. Be. They'll figure it out for you. Just <laughs> give them the credit. Give them the corporate card, and you'll yes. be fine. That's fine. Uh, and our last story, Fortnite. Uh, I just put this in here because I like I like these stats. Scott wrote this up. According to a market research forum, Fortnite brought in two hundred ninety six million dollars across all platforms for the month of April. Just April. This is the free to play one, right? Yep. Yep. Free to play. That's insane. I think they only sell cosmetics. Correct. Like it's not even play to win. Nope. Or pay it's, to win. It's, it's legitimately cosmetics, dances, emotes. Maybe it's multiplayer. Maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah, yeah. that's what you're saying. Uh, this news comes a few days after Epic Games announced that it had earmarked a hundred million dollars for Fortnite esports competitions. Why not at that point? Yeah, the price pool a month. Price pool will be spread out over multiple events in the 2018 2019 season. And Scott says, I think they know where they got the money from. Interestingly enough, Tencent owns a share in both Fortnite and PUBG. Hmm. They own Tim, a share of Epic. Tim Sweeney's doing pretty well. They own a share of uh, Blue Hole. Do they? Yeah, they do. Say that again, Josh. I, I think Tim Sweeney's doing very well for himself these he's, days. He's probably fine. How do you think he yeah. feels about this? Because like this isn't like he's an engine guy, right? Like he's pushing technology forward, and the most successful thing they've ever done. Okay, he's like, anything. you know what? This looks like crap. And then he opens up his bank account. He's like, you know, it's not so bad. But he I, wasn't I would, hurting before. That's like, true. It's not like he suddenly I, got rich. But he's hurting I far would say, less. Sure. I would say that I, my impression of Tim over recent years has been that he's more of a uh, like advocacy guy now, like yeah. advocating against Microsoft Store and the closing down yeah. of these things. And so he might see this. He might be just totally amazed by the cross-platform stuff that they've done with the mobile devices and the yeah. console devices and the PC devices all working together. He's He's gone from realism to the artistic intent. Of money. I, I understand what they're trying to express to me through these crappy graphics. It's, it, they're not it, crappy. It doesn't have crappy it's graphics. Just, they actually, it's just actually cartoony have, art. They, they have like Cartoon. a lot of modern post-processing effects and stuff in Fortnite. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just it's just a visual style. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. You don't know what you're talking. All about. All right, then. it's time for our picks of the week, and um, I don't have Are you any. Pick Computex. No favorite time of the year. Uh, no, I don't not have any. Tickets to Cathay Air. In the interest of time, I'm going to not have one. And I'm going to go didn't with... didn't know that was an option. It's not Wanker. for everybody else. Mm. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Do you think you're a Tim Sweeney? 
Exactly. Exactly. I've got to make my $296 million two months ago. I'm waiting for the check still to clear. Jeremy, what do you got for us? Uh, so I probably posted this a while ago, but uh, the Hackaday Prize is still going on. Uh, this particular one is the Power Harvesting Challenge. So for those who desperate, and it's such a good graphic. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Is, is he, is he, uh, uh, no, whatever you want. No. They're not attached. Whatever you want. Uh, okay. Well, sorry. I know you get a little bit excited, Josh, uh, but no. So anyone who wants RGB uh, thumb screws, well, why not figure out a way to turn the power of the uh, friction of screwing it in into enough power to get your RGBs glowing? The other reason I bring it up is because last year's winner straight out went and made a solar-powered welder. Nice. How long does it have to charge? Quite a while because it uses super caps, but it's it discharges charging. pretty quickly. All right, all right. As, you know, we, we like arc welding with weird things, so... You know, there, there is serious to. money behind this, and for the first couple of steps of winning each of these types of the, the five different challenges, essentially all you've got to have is a decent project plan and a, a rough plans up on GitHub. You don't actually have to have built anything. Nice. Okay. Fair. So it's worth taking a look at. And if I get $1,000 if I make up a good idea? If you make Pretty it. Pretty much. Not just a good idea, if you make it. No, I don't like just make enough plans. No, thousand dollars just to get the idea and show them that I can build it, and then they give you thousand dollars to build it. No. Yes. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Up to ten grand if you do really well. Yeah. Aha. Or sorry, fifty grand. Yeah, but then you have to build it for that part. Uh, But I would just take a thousand dollars. Is what I was saying. Potatoes. Wait, people have already done that one. Damn. Uh, Josh. Me. You're a frequenter of the SSDs. Because I don't actually contract them very often. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I'll explain to Anyhow, Alan's absence. Uh, you know, H60 Evo, one terabyte for 250 bucks. I think that's Are about 25 cents a gig. How much? That's about 25 cents per gig. Your, your division is precise. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, that's... That's really, I mean, think about it. Just a couple of months ago, it was, you know, 70 bucks more than that for any kind of one terabyte SSD drive. So we're now on the nice downhill slope of prices and uh, because because they leveled out for quite a while. But now we've got new process nodes, other new technologies, 3D stacking, all these fun, 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 fun things. Um I'm I'm thinking more VNAND rather than 3D stacking because we've done anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, two fifty for a one terabyte fast SSD. I like drives. That's 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 nice. Four terabyte. Get the four terabyte sucker. No, I'm okay. not going to get the four terabyte. Two terabyte. Yeah. Two terabyte. Five twenty seven. It's no, cheap, it's cheaper no, to no, buy no, two. It one. just doesn't scale well in price. Mm-hmm, You're mm-hmm. paying twenty seven dollars more. Four terabytes is uh is eleven ninety, so it, it's one hundred ninety dollars more yeah. than buying four one terabytes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so one terabyte sweet spot. What's the two fifty? Oh, yeah. uh, two fifty is uh, eighty bucks. So it's even better. Yeah, like, no, it's not. Four times. <laughs> it's two forty. Oh, I was, I was thinking five hundred. So Sorry. It, so they have the labels no, at right. the grocery eight, store. Eight it times four three twenty. Yeah. Say again? So they have the labels in the grocery store that say, you know, so many cents 
per ounce. Correct. Those are useful. Yeah. yeah. So why why not have cents per gigabyte here? This um, is this is a needed option. So some like some uh, like PC Part Picker does that really? on their prices. They have cost per gigabyte. Some of the pricing engines have that. Yeah. Okay, so I got enough money. I can afford a three hundred and nine gigabyte drive. <laughs> can, can, can you get me one? What can you, what, sure. What can we do here? Oh well, work with me. All right, uh, and now Ken. Uh, so, did you about, fix your printer? Probably about a year ago, I picked the Prusa i three Mark II. I picked up a used printer that had a couple of issues. Was kind of worked a lot, uh, and. Part of the part of the thing is Prusa announced the i3 Mark III a couple of months later, of course. Uh, but it has a lot of improvements. Uh, it has a re- has a removable bed now, which really helps. You can kind of flex the parts off of the build plate instead of using a butter, using like a, a spatula and jamming yeah. at it and sending it through your hand like I've done before. Uh, one of the things I think the people with that listen to this podcast will appreciate is a knock to a fan. 40 millimeter fan for nice. the hot end cooling instead of a generic fan now. Uh, the 3D printer enthusiasts discovered Noctua and that they make quiet fans. <laughs> you can see that you can see the tan on the left hand side of the oh, uh, yeah, extruder right, there. Right. Yeah. Telltale oh, nice. signs. But since I already had a Mark II, they released a Mark II and a half upgrade kit for 200 bucks. It changes. It adds a lot of the new features, like uh, it has filament runout detection, so it can sense if there's filament in it or not. So if your filament gets jammed or breaks or you run out of the spool, mm-hmm. it'll pause a print until you insert new filament, which is nice, hmm. sort of for like running large prints overnight. Uh, there is the full i3 Mark II to Mark III upgrade available, but it's it's like 400 bucks because... They move from a 12 volt to a 24 volt system, so essentially all of the electronics get replaced. Yeah, it's 500 bucks. They really recommend you don't do that because it's essentially building a new printer. So if you want yeah. that, spend the 750 and buy a new printer kit, and then you have two printers. You could sell the old one. You could give it to somebody. You could do whatever. Yeah. But the Mark Two and a Half upgrade kit is a pretty good value. I got mine in. I have yet to install it. That's this weekend's project. So hmm. I will cool. report back. But. Yeah, it's Ken Pru- often Pru- brings in interesting trinkets that he has built over the yeah. weekend. Laser, laser cutting, Lots a map of, of the yeah. United States, that yeah. kind of thing. But it's nice to see a company who. Where do you put all this stuff? Uh, well, the laser cutters at my buddy's house because I'm not letting it burn down my apartment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, burn down the buddy's house. I yeah. get you. Uh, Pruce is a cool company because everything's open source. They develop back to the community and they release these upgrade kits for their new printers. So it's not just yeah, that's, yeah. oh hey we released the i3 Mark III. Sorry, suckers. Buy it's, that one. Okay, well, we'll see. You're the parts. Joseph we'll, seems you know, like we'll a good guy. Here. Yeah. They put a very cool. lot of the development into the community that other companies rip off and sell cheaper versions that aren't made as well. So what kind just of buy the original. He can print just about anything on this thing. Mm. Nice. Can you print acrylic like Josh wants to do? <laughs> no, that's what my laser cut is for, Oh, though. okay. <laughs> that's subtractive, not additive. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Oh, wait, no. Is this you, it Alex? Is. What do you got Whoa. for us? So I had a family member who only really watches OTA broadcasts, but she was having some trouble with reception recently and kept putting it on because I really don't want to deal with this. So... Came across one of these, uh, Amazon Basics, which have become a very go-to thing for me. Um, Does Amazon Basics everything? Yeah. Yeah. Cables, wires, 
random stuff. They knock off the best products in Other these categories. OEMs hate them. I, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's another discussion. But anyway, so these are just a flat panel antenna. Unpowered? Uh, the this one is not, but there is a five dollar upgrade to get a powered one, uh, okay. and we actually went with the powered one, uh, and it works amazingly. Yeah, I use one of these at home. It's great. Said it. Yeah, I mean, there, there's other brands that are all pretty yeah. much priced the same. That it's not Amazon mm-hmm. Basics. It's like two dollars cheaper, but whoop de do. I, I have it three M command stripped the wall behind my TV, so you can't see it. Because the TV's in front of it, uh, yeah. and I have it, and it works fine. Yeah, they hide up real well. Yeah. I live down in a valley, so this doesn't work for me. I was going to have to put one in my attic, like a, a bigger, bulkier Let's put a dipole on the top of the thing. house, get into ham radio. I'm just going to move <laughs> instead to the top of the hill. Hoity-toity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mine gets five to seven channels, depending on the day. Yeah. I mean, if you have a good if you have a good HD signal here, you get like twenty. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So and super yeah. high quality. Yeah, very cool. All right, now that is the end of the show, everyone. We thank you for joining us. PCPro.com slash podcast. That's where you can go. You can find notes to all the sto- uh, links to all the stories we talked about in our show notes. You can find RSS feeds. You can find um, if we had a sponsor. You can find the sponsor of the link. We don't have a sponsor this week. If Josh scared them all away. Um, I did. Sorry. I'm taking it out of, you know, you're not getting the check. Um, the, Fudge. what else was there? I don't know. All the stuff. If you want links to the Josh live stream, the merch store, joshtech.com, tech.com, all that stuff is there. We greatly appreciate everybody hanging out. And uh, I'm sure we'll have uh, some more Computex follow up for next week as well. <laughs> next week. Did you know so Josh Tech spelled correctly is an actual website where someone has like IT services? Is that is that our Josh? Oh, yeah. No, no, not me. Okay. I don't know what country that is. Don't go there. It's Josh Tech with two K's. J O S H T E K K dot com. You know the funny way. Uh, so that's it for us, guys. Thanks. We will see you next week. Goodbye.